Friday, so you know that that means there's a new episode of BAM Weekly coming at you, the show where we talk some sports, the show where we talk some entertainment, and then in the end, we typically talk about sports entertainment. We're your hosts, I'm Boris, and as always, I am joined by Matt. Bonjour! How's everybody doing out there? We hope you're doing well. Boris, uh, how's it going, big homie? It's uh, not going to be as eventful an episode as last week, but we hope it's as entertaining. We got a guest for you. We're talking some Impact Wrestling, talking some NBA. But uh, yeah, how are you hanging in there, big man? I'm doing pretty good, man. I'm doing very good, actually. It's been a busy week. Happy and cannot wait to call this week over and done with so that we can uh, get some R&R in. Because, yeah, it's been a super busy week, both on the real job side, the SNME side. But, uh, you know, it's, it's just... Uh, just another just another day really but uh you know it's 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 going weather has been pretty nice. nice um outside of that man everything is is status quo everything is the same for the most part how about you man uh yeah same old just slugging away lots to do got an operation sports video coming out very soon next couple of days about WWE 2K22 uh that game's looking pretty good man that's uh that's got me a little bit excited got my nerd bone a tingling but uh, yeah, man, just hanging in there. Another manic Thursday, as it were, buddy. Yeah, the Thursday seems to be just the craziest day of the week for me. But um, you know, so it's always good being able to kind of like take a step back, chat some sports and chat some wrestling. Because it's two things that I honestly love chatting about. But, you know, it's kind of like a mixed bag of who you can always talk to about that stuff. But yeah, as, as, as we talked about at the very top of the show, um, you know, on the wrestling side, we have some news. To get your way, we're going to be talking some New Japan uh, slightly while previewing the New Japan Cup, the 48-man New Japan Cup. Uh, we're going to quickly be talking about the Crockett Cup. And then we're, Bob Kapoor from SlamWrestling.net is going to come on the show. We're going to chat some uh, sacrifice, some no surrender. And then we're going to be, you know, he, we have an exclusive for our listeners Nice and exclusive and talking some sacrifice, 66.66% chance that we knock it out of the park, Boris. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, man. So what do you got for me in terms of sports? Well, first and foremost, I just want to talk about uh, Zion Williamson. So it's very interesting. He hasn't played all season. And uh, like a couple weeks, two, three weeks before the season, it was said that he'll be fine. He'll be ready in time for opening day. And that didn't happen. And then Christmas rolled around. And now St. Patrick's Day is coming up and there's no Zion. The Pelicans have put out their pressers for next year, Boris, saying, well, we're excited about what we're building in New Orleans. I'm paraphrasing, of course, but they mentioned CJ. They mentioned Jackson Hayes. They mentioned all these guys, but no mention of Zion Williamson. So my question to you, stranger things have happened than this, Boris. Has Zion played his last game in New Orleans? Is he going? I think so. I think they're just wow. gonna call it I think they're just gonna call it a loss and, and, and let him pack up. It's not like he added any value to them when he did play as little as he played, right? So if if Zion has an issue with management, which is one of the reports coming out, you know, then then so be it, right? Um, some you know, if Zion ends up being a huge superstar, then well, someone's gonna lose their job. But if Zion ends up being a bust, which is kind of where he's leaning to, then whatever it is, what it is. 
Well, it's interesting. I don't know if I agree that he's leaning towards being a bust, although the injuries are scary. He has played the same number of games in his first two seasons that Greg Oden did. Now, I don't know if this is like a Ben Simmons situation where he's sitting out for mental reasons or he's just not training to the proper level. We don't really know exactly what's going on with Zion. I'm not sure if I would trade him unless he's asked for a trade. But, man, he's like, he's not bad. Last season... Or in his 85 career NBA games, he's averaging 25 points and seven rebounds, right? So he's a freak athlete. What is he, 21 years old? He's. I don't think you give up on this player yet unless he has asked New Orleans to But trade. even then, if, 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 if he's not playing for you, what's the point of keeping him around? Well, that's a really good point, buddy. I, uh, I have no retort to that, and that gets me to my point. Like, if he's not going to play for you, right, then get rid of him. But I think... It's worth trying to save the relationship in this case. You know what I mean? Yeah, I've cut people loose for less. So, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's yeah, where I'm at. Fair enough, man. But I, I, yeah, that's the big news in the NBA right now. Uh, and also, James Harden due to come back Wednesday, I believe it's announced that he will be making his return. I want to say against the Minnesota Timberwolves. So that's exciting. The Eastern Conference uh, heating up uh, for the deadline here. And uh, man. The Raptors are still hanging in there, still looking good. Scotty Barnes. Yeah, the Raptors really are looking pretty good right now. You know, they they're, they're slowly climbing up the rankings. The East is 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 like there's only a few points that separate so many teams, um, and and it just really every game matters so much. And with fans coming back to Toronto to the Scotiabank Arena, I think that's really going to help the team because they were making all these huge wins with zero fans. Exactly. And yeah, the Raptors feed off that home crowd. That's really huge for that team specifically. They have one of the best home crowd, home courts in the NBA, man. So for sure, that's going to help a lot. Do you watch the dunk contest? No, 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 no. I, oh, I, like I said last don't, week, don't, it's just... <laughs> don't even YouTube it, man. It might have been the worst one I've ever seen. The only one I can remember off the top of my head that would like contend for worst uh, all that uh, like it could also be on the the bottom of the mountain is uh, that like weird team one with John Wall. I think he unofficially won. It was like 2010, maybe. That one was really bad and weird. But yeah, this dunk contest took forever. Everyone was taking 12 attempts. All the dunks were kind of bad. Nothing really great. Yeah, it was it was it was a tough one. Yeah, yeah. I watched the bit of the All Star game and I always forget how they don't tabulate the full score. They take it quarter by quarter. Just so that yeah, the score doesn't look like, you know, 290 to 289, right? Like, <laughs> Exactly. It's really weird, yeah, the new scoring system. But I do kind of like it. The NBA All-Star Game is okay, although I didn't watch a second of it this year, not one second. It is not okay whatsoever. It's horrible. <laughs> oh, oh, the All-Star Games are just pathetic, except for the MLB one. Yeah, uh, and unfortunately, we're not going to see an MLB All-Star Game this year because we're going to see 80 games in the season. It's going to be shortened. I'm really scared. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's yeah, what, they were, they were supposed to, pitchers and catchers were supposed to report next week, that's obviously not happening, apparently the owner sent something to the Players Association, but from all accounts, it is just a joke of an offer. Yeah, absolutely, and they, they're not even, like, we've said this before on the podcast, but they're not even discussing the top, like, four or five biggest sticking points, and they're miles apart on a lot of things. It's just, it's looking like it's going to eat into the season. Cause they still, like you said, they still need some kind of spring training. They need some kind of training camp before they actually start to play baseball. So, Oh man, it's going to be rough. 
Can you imagine? And I was actually talking to Jason Agnew about this last week. And can you imagine if, for whatever reason, um, you know, some insiders are saying, okay, they're going to have a shortened spring training, not many games. It's going to be like a camp, and then they're, they're going to start the season. Can you imagine if this happens? And Jason said it best. I can't wait for all the pitcher injuries to happen. Yeah, exactly. Going to be a lot of 10-day DL. Going to be a lot of 10-day DL. It will be tough to play fantasy baseball for the first month or two of the whatever this season is. Yeah. Oh, 100%. It's going to be ridiculously hard. But whatever, MLB, get your shit together. Yeah, get your shit together. Get it all Pick it up, get it in a pot, and uh, get it together. Anyway, man, so yeah, next week, I think we're going to do a deep dive like we did at the start of December, go through every team, just go through the uh, the standings, the NHL, and the NBA update as we turn the corner into the home stretch. But uh, other than that, I don't know. It's kind of just a depressing time for sports. Like, obviously, the what's going on in Europe is affecting FIFA all over the place. And uh, yeah, just the dog days, and yeah, it's, it's sad times all around the world. Yeah, man, that's the thing. Like, I'm trying so hard today, especially on this show, to stay positive. But it's so hard at the same time um, just because, you know, the, the world is literally just on fire around us, right? It's like, all right, we're getting out of this pandemic, and shit happens. Yeah, shit indeed happens, buddy. Shit's going down. But, yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't know what, what we're supposed to say on our sports and wrestling podcast, but earnestly, with all my heart, my, like, True thoughts and prayers are with people of Ukraine right now. It's crazy what's going on in there. And, uh, yeah, it's just, you know, we're blessed. <laughs> and just it's 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 a reminder that there is real tyranny in the world. You know what I mean? So careful what words you throw around. Because Canada is not uh, tyrannical by any stretch for us. Yeah. I'm not even going to say anything on that one. So let's just let's just leave it there and talk about some professional wrestling, buddy. Exactly. Some professional wrestling. So um, big news of the day. Cesaro is gone from WWE. No, he wasn't released. Believe it or not, he just let his contract run out. So this does mean that he is a free agent. He can show up wherever he wants. And I love how people are just like assuming he's going to go to AEW. I love how people are assuming he's going to go anywhere. You know, he still can sign a new contract, right? Absolutely. And maybe this will be the thing that jumpstarts the the weekly Cesaro push or every six months Cesaro gets a push. And maybe he's due for another one if he resigns a fat contract. But I don't know, man. I, I it, it, Obviously, the easiest thing is to say, oh, just go to AEW. But could you not see a, a Claudio Castagnoli, Brian Danielson, John Moxley stable having a little fun here in AEW no, for the next six no, months to a year? Not at all. You know what? You know what we're gonna see? We're gonna see Claudio versus Swerve Scott on Elevation. That's what we're gonna be seeing. No, I don't think that's fair, man. I think it, it, it's a funny line. But uh, I don't. I don't know. Oh yeah, because Jay Lethal is like, doing wonderful stuff on Dynamite well, and Rampage. The cream rises to the top. Adam Cole is doing wonderful stuff. Jay Lethal is like 39, and, you know, I think he's right where he belongs, to be honest. And, and Cesaro's 41. But Cesaro's significantly better. Uh, than I don't, uh, you know, I <laughs> don't know. Anyway, we're not, to we're each not their here own. To do that. But here's the thing. You know, again, we don't know where he's going to end up. 11 years with WWE, his biggest match, arguably, WrestleMania 37 against Seth Rollins. Like, that was probably, you know, the biggest six-month push that he had 
over the past 11 years. He's had a lot of, uh, you know, tag team title runs. Uh, his run with Sheamus was great. Um, you know, his run with Tyson Kidd was a, was looking to be a, like a good one, but probably his match with Seth Rollins last year was his biggest one. But yeah, according to PW Insider, Cesaro and WWE just failed to reach an agreement. So that's all she wrote, at least for now. Because in wrestling, Matt, you never say never. Yes, never say never. And I could definitely see him back in WWE. I don't think it would be a bad decision by any means. But, man, I just my fantasy scenario is like a three-man stable. Maybe even throw Daniel Garcia in, too. But Claudio, Danielson, Moxley on on a heater together maybe throw regal in there too by god chris yeah. hero boris i'm rock hard give me whatever drugs you have right now just because that's like <laughs> yeah it is uh it's a cialis you don't want it <laughs> <laughs> all right moving all right. on from- so let's move on let's talk about some nwa NWA Crockett Cup. Got to give the Crockett Cup some love. Uh, so, you know, it's um, it, it, the field is looking pretty good. So let's run down through the teams real quickly that are officially in the Crockett Cup. So there are 16 teams vying for the, the Cup. Um, so these are the teams that have so far been announced. There are a couple wrestle-ins. There are a couple surprises. But these are the teams that have already been announced. So you have La Revelion, Mecca Wolf, and Bestia 6-6. You have the Briscoe Brothers. You have the OGK. You have British Invasion. So that's Doug Williams and a mystery partner. Um, you have Strictly Business, Chris Adonis and Tom Latimer. The Pope and Strong Mims. Aaron Stevens and Kratos. The End, which consists of Pero and Odinson. Uh, Hawks, Airy, Luke and PJ Hawks. The Dirty Sex Boys, JTG, and Dirty Dango. I love that name. I don't know why. That, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's a name. That's actually what we were going to call Bam. Uh, that, those, those were the final two. <laughs> we settled on Bam. I regret it. Uh, you have the Cardonas, Mike Knox, and VSK. You have Golden Rush, uh, Jordan Clearwater, and Marsh Rocket. The Ill-Begotten. Uh, the Fixers, Jay Bradley and Wrecking Ball, and that is everyone that's been announced. I like Marche Rocket. He's uh, been a favorite on the BAM podcast before. I like that it's seated. It's like La, Re- La, Rebel- uh, La Rebellion, Boris. You're way better at saying that than I am. Uh, the number one seed, and they will play the number 16 seed, a, a to-be-announced jobber team. You know what I mean? And they're really treating it like it's an actual sports tournament. Seated so, one so, through sixteen. So, I love that. So you know, uh, I there are things to like about this. I've got my eye on it. I will definitely watch the Crockett Cup. Do you think there's any chance we're going to see FTR here? Oof! Could you imagine as the sixteen seed or the fifteen seed? No, I don't. I don't think so. I could see them uh, jumping the winner, maybe. Yeah. So the Briscoe brothers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. That's exactly what I was thinking too. Briscoe's over La Rebellion, Boris. Uh, two seed over one seed in the final. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, because it's you know the the La Rebellion. You have the Briscoe brothers and the OGK. I think those are probably well, they're the top three seeded teams. But also, in my opinion, the most likely and with the most reason to win in the bigger wrestling world right now. Yeah, 100%. I can see Luke and PJ Hawks going on a little run, but uh, maybe maybe if there's going to be a team that beats the Tag Team Champions Rebellion early, it would be Luke and PJ. But yeah, no, at the end of the day, I think that's your final. The yep. 1v the 2. 
Exactly. So we'll cover bits and pieces of the Crockett Cup. Uh, most likely, we'll for sure talk about the finals. But if you live, if you've listened to us before, you know how we feel about uh, NWA. Um, so you know we might have to bring in other people to chat about it because really, it's a tough one to watch sometimes. <laughs> Some people are into it, and we respect their opinions. We love to hear their voice here on BAM. But that's the thing. Boris and I are pretty aligned to the fact that we kind of don't love it. It's kind of not not our cup of tea, shall we say. Yeah, it's one of the few things that we're, like, fully aligned on. Yeah, we both kind of hate NWA and think it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about something that we don't hate. But I actually hate this format this year. A 48-man New Japan Cup. Yeah, it's way too much. But get used to it, Boris. The, the World Cup, FIFA World Cup, this is coming. It's all expansion all the time. 48-man New Japan Cup bracket. And it's it's a crazy one. I kind of it's an interesting way to do the matchups in that there's basically like there's a third party. There's like a first round, right? Like a play in round, a yeah. wrestle in round, as you just put it. And then the winner of those matches will play a much weaker opponent than they than they fought in the first match. You know what I mean? For example, Okada versus El Desperado. Awesome match. Winner faces Master Wato. Word. Nagata versus Goto. There's a hard-hitting battle. Winner faces Dick Togo. Interesting. You know what I mean? It's just very interesting booking here in this yeah. tournament. Yeah, it's very weird. The one match that Boris of 2000-2005 is really looking forward to is Taka Michinoku versus Sima. Oh, my God. Yeah, Chima. Shima. Uh, yeah, Shima, right? Versus Taka. That match is going to be awesome. It's like you said, it's the it's the 2000 dream match, the 2002 dream match. Uh, I'm, I'm circling Ishii versus Shingo round one. You could have put that in round two, round three. You could have put that in the final. Ishii versus Shingo is going to be a war. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. And just looking looking at the brackets, like we're not going to go through this. It's almost impossible to go through the brackets and actually, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll be covering it. We'll be watching it. Matt, we have some catching up to do with New Japan, but I think the New Japan uh, Cup and the tournament is going to for sure be something that we kind of uh, follow closely. Yeah, absolutely. Actually, tonight my plan was to watch that Okada versus Naito match and rate it, put it on the list. And uh, Stardom World takes a minute to update, right? Like that Stardom show that just happened is not yet on Stardom World, correct? Correct. Yes. So, yeah, once that updates on Stardom World, I will also check out the uh, AZN versus Dark Starlight Kid match that is getting a ton of buzz right now. Yeah. Yeah, I saw Uncle Dave kind of really praising that match or him praising the praise yeah him agreeing with the praise and saying like you could argue it was match of the year if that's the thing you're into and kenny omega agreeing basically saying it's it's apples to oranges to compare it to a new japan match because they're working as such a different style working a mile a minute it's literally called the high speed title boris yeah exactly uh but yeah so we have some catching up to do with uh with new japan stardom and even some noah so i think you know we yeah. should probably dedicate a whole episode when we have uh you know a little something a little a little lighter schedule to just Japanese wrestling. Let's do that. Next episode is going to be the catch-up episode. We're going to catch up on the NBA, the NHL, and Puro Resu. Uh, but before we get off this topic, who you got to win this thing? Do you think it's going to be Okada? Do you think no. it's going to be Shingo? <laughs> I'm thinking it's... Ooh, that's a Shingo, huh? 
Uh, probably, honestly, I'm going to go with Zack Sabre Jr. Sabre. It's yeah, well, very possible. I, I wonder who is going to beat Osprey because I don't think it's going to be Osprey. But I wonder who's going to be the one to beat him. You know who I think might win this tournament? Staring at the top of the bracket, right-hand side, Kota Ibushi. Yeah. He's a good look at any time to pop off, get a little uh, main event run, and maybe drop a match to Okada. He was the god of New Japan, right? Like, not a couple months ago, but uh, but for injuries and also a, a two-year global pandemic, which crippled the uh, entire company. Yep. Um, I'm <laughs> looking at the brackets, like the quarterfinals, we're, we could possibly get and will likely get Zack Sabre Jr. versus Kota Obushi. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's going to be always amazing, and it's going to be another great one. So yeah, we could get we could get ZSJ versus Will in the semifinals. But again, I think I think Obushi is going to win. Obushi is going to be the one who beats Will in the semis. And you know who I think is going to have a fantastic, just beautiful run. I've been talking about this guy for a couple years. He was supposed to make an impact in the heavyweight division, but he always injures himself, and that's Hiromu Takahashi. I hope so, yeah. Hiromu versus Minoru Suzuki looks like a round two match. That'll be dope if it happens. Yeah, man, I really hope so. I'm actually kind of excited for this. Who, who you got, though? I'm taking I'm taking Ibushi. Who you got? I'm taking Zach. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You did say that. You're, Zach Sabre Jr. locking it in, setting it in stone, Boris. All right. Yep, and if any of us are right on a 48-man tournament, then good on you. <laughs> you will be hearing about it again, I promise you. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of us being right, before we move on to Impact, well, I guess we are now on Impact, Eddie Edwards turning on Team Impact. Yeah, uh, to quote the great Tony Kornheiser, Boris, I believe I had that. So, uh, you know, hats off to us here at the BAM Podcast. But, you know, that one was a little was a little obvious. He's clearly got that Ring of Honor blood, former Ring of Honor champion. We We predicted it for a reason, buddy. Oh, exactly. And it makes sense. Um, but, you know, as you're going to hear Bob Kapoor essentially say, with Honor No More winning, what's next? Right? You have this invasion angle. They come in, destroy everyone. They win. Now they're officially employees. Now what? I feel you. And, and honestly, just the fact that you asked that question is kind of proof of what Impact has been doing for the last 20 years, right? Because the the uh, the temptation is to say, well, you know, just wait and see. Like as dumb as that is, just like you give you're watching the show. Like I'm sure they know what's coming next, but I'm not sure they know what's coming next because they're Impact Wrestling, Boris, and they've been a tire fire for 20 years. Now it's way better in the last six months to a year, way way better. But it's still Impact. It's still built on uh, <laughs> you know, on some uh, some really really terrible evil ground. Yeah, so it's funny that you say that because I guess it's no secret that we're planning a retro show for the Patreons. The first seven episodes are going to be, oh, the first seven episodes of TNA. When you sent me the lineup, I'm just like, holy crap, holy crap, this is bad. Yeah, it's like yeah, it's a, it's gonna be a summer of TNA. We're gonna be watching the, the as the twenty year anniversaries of the shows occur. Boris and I are gonna be watching them, and then we're gonna have a podcast for you Monday mornings. And the first, it's it's gonna be a retro wrestling podcast. But yeah, the first couple episodes are going to be TNA 
NWA TNA's first couple of pay-per-views. And the reason why we say seven is because something happens on the seventh episode and I quit. I'm done. I know I'm going to, I quit the first time I tried to do TNA and I know I'm going to quit again. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, here we go. We're going to do this. Uh, but yeah, so we haven't really talked about this retro show. We had a beautiful name for it. I had a beautiful logo. We're kind of reworking this because yeah. of copyright reasons. Um, <laughs> but you know, it's going to essentially be Matt, and friends yeah it's gonna kind of be my thing i'm very excited for it but uh yeah boris will be heavily involved too he's you know he's uh he's the michael wilbon to my tony kornheiser we will we'll have him on the show a lot but uh yeah man no it's just gonna be retro wrestling we're gonna do seasons too i'm not gonna be every single week i will take like months off here and there but basically 20 to 25 episode blocks just about retro wrestling. My goal is to make it like the rewatchables. If you're familiar with that podcast, it just like, you know, somewhat like evergreen topics that you like, uh, like one single topic and uh, we can have some fun with it. You know, we'll, we'll figure it out. It'll evolve a little bit, but I'm very excited to, uh, to get it going, get it off the ground. And it will be the show that we have you, the patrons part of as well. Absolutely. I mean, I'll have you guys on the show all the time. We'll have like feedback once we can try to set up like some kind of Zoom situation down the road. We're going to figure it out. But yeah, I, not just like feedback all the time, but like if you want to see specific matches reviewed, we might even do like a mailbag concept, a match bag where you just request a bunch of matches and we'll just review them all. We're going to figure it out, but lots of patron involvement for sure. Yeah, exactly. All right, so before we start talking about No Surrender, Preview Sacrifice, and get to some Impact news, there is some news for this weekend's edition of Sunday Night's Main Event, the flagship show with Mike, um, and with Mike McGuire, that is. And that is, we have an interview this week, and Matt, this is what I meant when I said it's the interview that we probably should have, you know, the, the interview that we were trying to get when NXT Talks started, and that's with 2.0. Yeah, a little, a little jealous. No, no, actually, I didn't even remember that we were doing that. Bit. So that's, that's hilarious, man. No, I'm pumped. I'm pumped to hear from them. The two hilarious guys, good Canadian boys, like obviously influenced by, uh, you know, a lot, a lot of uh, comedic things as well as uh, you know, professional wrestling. So I'm, uh, I'm excited to hear from them, man. And uh, it's a good get by Mike. Yeah, no, it's awesome. I can't wait to hear it. Um, so that's this Sunday. If you're a patron, you're going to be getting the full interview. If you're not a patron, you're going to have to wait a little longer to listen, listen on the radio, listen on podcast, and you're not going to get the full end-to-end interview. So this is a great chance for you to sign up, patreon.com slash Radio. You get about 30 shows a month, all for just uh, over five bucks. Yes, sir. Yeah, you get the full thing on Patreon and on uh, terrestrial radio and on podcast form. You get a little taste, just a taste, Boris. (laughs) Well played, my friend. Well played. (laughs) All right, so without further ado, let us chat some No Surrender, some Sacrifice, and some Impact News with SlamWrestling.net's Bob Kapoor. And as promised, I said that we would have someone to chat some Impact with. I've called this man typically... The only Impact fan around. I think that's a lie nowadays. Bob Kapoor from SlamWrestling.net. Bob, thanks for joining us. Hey, good to be here. Thanks for having me on. Excellent. Uh, So, yeah, so, you know, I just wanted to chat some Impact. Before we get to the shows, I really want to talk about the state of Impact. Impact over the past, 
I guess, six weeks, seven weeks have really been making, dare I say, an impact. They've really kind of held their own. They've been getting a lot of new viewers. They've kind of been getting a lot of a lot of attention, positive attention, and they've been able to finally kind of, you know, st stick with that positive attention, keep things and and interesting on their actual show. They've had some good pay per views. What a time for impact! You know, I don't think it's much different from before, right? Like I always say, impact is always kind of under the radar. And but they're generally been putting on good shows. They've, you know, in terms of the forbidden door, they've kicked it open probably more than any other company. And they've made those prominent storylines. It's just, you know, whether it's lack of awareness, lack of the cool factor, um, they're not really making a lot of waves, good or bad. But I think the product has been good, just that no one, you know, they're the best kept secret in wrestling. I agree with you. You know, they have probably the worst TV deal humanly possible. Um, but, you know, wrestling fans are fickle, right? Like, no matter what WWE does, people are always going to find a way to make fun of them, right? Impact, same thing. I feel like they just have such a huge hill and mountain to climb that no matter how good or bad they are, they're just going to get a bad rep no matter what. Yeah, and, you know, we talked about this. It doesn't help that most of their pay-per-view events or their special events are on nights or on the same weekend as other major companies you know product so last week it was the same day as uh, the elimination chamber right and this next pay-per-view is the same weekend as the AEW pay-per-view so it's just you know it's bad timing bad planning maybe but uh, sometimes it just gets forgotten about yeah exactly and that's the unfortunate because like they are putting on some great tv they did have a very fun pay-per-view last week and you know a lot of people were saying that it was better than elimination chamber itself so you know it's the unfortunate part so you know to all our listeners just you know we've been matt and i have been praising impact lately go out and watch it you know if you're doing nothing next saturday go out on and get some impact plus and watch some sacrifice because you know the card is actually shaping up to be pretty good and you know the fallout of no surrender you know we'll we'll see exactly what's going on but bob Let's talk some No Surrender. We'll go through the matches, kind of get what you think, and then you know we'll uh, kind of uh, you know wrap things up and and kind of try to preview Sacrifice as best as we can, considering you know we're what hours away from a new show and there's only one show left. So let's talk. Let's talk uh, No Surrender. All right. So the first match of the night was Jake Something versus Ace Austin. Uh, Chris Bay and Mike Bailey in a fur way to become the number one contender to the X Division Championship. You know, there's something to be said about this division. And I just love the fact that nine out of ten times the X Division starts the shows because it's always a fun way to start. And this match was just that. Yeah, it's very much like the old WCW Nitro where they would always start off with like their cruiserweight division. Same type of thing here. And, you know, there's... Uh, there's some really good talent. Speedball Mike Bailey, if you've never seen him, he's a you know good Canadian guy, fantastic performer. Uh, Ace, Austin, Ace Austin is you know one of those again another real well kept secret that I think most people might not have heard of him, but he can do some magical things in the ring. And Chris Bay is just phenomenal. He's he's like the the new. He, you know, the, one of the new, like, Rey Mysterio types in terms of what he can do. Jake something, he's the one that doesn't really fit in terms of the traditional X Division size and stature and and type of wrestler. But, you know, he's got, uh, 
good, good strength that counterbalances well to the others. And I thought it was a pretty good match. Yeah, no, it was a lot of fun. And, you know, it's kind of funny that you say the one person who actually doesn't fit the mold is the person who actually won this match, and that's Jake something. Uh, so he is now the number one contender to the X Division Championship, which, you know, it's 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 it'll be a, it'll be a fun match, I think. But, you know, like you said, he just doesn't fit this mold. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, I think yeah, the good clash of styles that is going to come with him and Trey Miguel, who's the X Division champion, should be a fun match. And really gives Jake an opportunity to, to shine as a single star. You know, they've kind of, since he split with Cody Diener and took on the Jake something moniker, he's been kind of start and stop in terms of push. So this might be the start of something big. And, you know, in terms of larger guys, Josh Alexander won the X Division Championship and took that to new heights. So it's possible Jake something could do the same if they decide to give it to him. Yeah, that's exactly it. All right, the second match of the night was Jonah versus Black Taurus. Now, this match was just your, your your big guy versus big guy. Um, you know, Impact seems to really be pushing Jonah. Jonah gets the win. Bob, what did you think of this match? I thought it was really well done. I love I love seeing Jonah in the ring, and I you know even when he first came on and they first teased the the clash with black Taurus. I thought this is just going to be a fun one. And it was, it was just a big hard hitting match. And, you know, they did it the right way. Jonah went over he, as he should, he's the single star and he's, he's the star on the rise. Yep, exactly. Um, and, and, you know, it's kind of funny and I've said this before and I'll say it again. You know, it's, it's amazing how impact is able to book these big guys that WWE just failed on for a company that prides itself on booking these big guys Impact just does it better. Well, I think Jonah is different because he's a big guy, but he's not really tall in stature. He's, you know, he's got that size uh, and he's stockiness. So he's almost as tall as he is wide, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know that they actually saw a star look in him, right? Because he doesn't have the the height. And I think that's the one detriment that he had in, in WWE's eyes, I'm guessing. Because I don't think there's any flaws in his game in terms of working that way. Yeah, exactly. There was obviously something that they didn't see in him, and that's why he's an impact right now. All right, third match of the night was actually a match that I had zero interest to watch. Never thought I wanted to watch these two wrestle, but it was still fun. And somehow, impact, like you said earlier, you know, just, just using the forbidden door at its best. And that's when Jay White faced Eric Young. It's funny because... You know, I, I had complaints about the way that they were using the New Japan guys in Impact because I think they were bringing in, you know, the Bullet Club without really providing them much of a link to the rest of the product. And by incorporating Violent by Design, the faction that Eric Young leads, into that uh, into that uh, feud with um, uh, or the situation with um, the Bullet Club and the Good Brothers and bringing them all in, it, it really organically brought this match into existence and made some sense and why they're bringing in these new Japan guys. And I thought the match really, you know, might've over delivered. This is one of the, I might've been my favorite, one of my favorite matches or top three on the show. Eric Young is, he was criminally un underutilized in WWE. Uh, Impact is the right place for him. And Jay White Boy, who I've never really been impressed with from what I've seen elsewhere, uh, really 
delivered on this one. I just, I, I, in my notes and for Slam, I said I, I couldn't even do it justice because because I just started enjoying the match too much to, to take notes. Yeah, that, that, that tends to happen sometimes. And that's how you know that it's a really good match when you just completely forget to actually take notes. It's happened to me, and I'm like, oh, I got to rewatch this or something, right? <laughs> and then people wonder why sometimes a report might be a little late. It's just because rewatching stuff. And this, this match was a lot of fun for me. So, yeah, so Jay White <laughs> ends up winning this match. All right, the next match saw. I'll, I'll wanna... say this you're, you're a lot more committed because, I mean, Impact Plus service, you can't really rewatch it right away. They don't have a rewind function or anything. So it's if I miss it, uh, everyone misses it in terms of yeah, uh, report readers. True, actually. <laughs> um, all right, the next match saw Diana Peraza, two belt Diana, put up the ROH Women's Championship against someone who was in ROH for quite a bit, and that's Miranda Alize. Yeah, uh, this is you know the storyline with Diana. She's got the ROH Championship and the AAA Reina Duranas Championship, and she's doing these open challenges. It's not been my favorite storyline for Deanna, to be honest, because I think that they're bringing in people who there's, you know, without the history and I get it, it's a title shot, but I like to see the history and I like to see, you know, I'm a big fan of Deanna. I'm a big fan of her style. And when she has these new opponents, they don't necessarily put on this. They don't necessarily have the same chemistry as she does with people she's, she's wrestled in you know, in the past or on the show before. So this wasn't my favorite Deanna match. I think it also, because it, like I said, it didn't follow that, the traditional formula of Deanna working the arm, doing very scientifically and ultimately getting the win. They got there at the end, but I think it took a while. And it, I find that they didn't jive as, in the ring as much as I, <clears throat> as much as I'd hoped. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can see that for sure. You know, even the match with Roxy, as fun as fun, as fun as that match was, you know, there was that chemistry that was kind of missing between the two, and that was clearly the, clearly the thing here in this match. So, yeah, we'll see what happens with Deanna Peraza holding the the ROH women's belt. Uh, you know, I'm assuming she's going to put it up for grabs in April, uh, you know, at, at the ROH card, but we'll see what's, what goes on. All right, before we talk about the next match, I need to ask you this question. How do you feel about intergender wrestling? I, I'm not opposed to it. I mean, I know some people have very strong opinions about it, how they don't like it. I'm fine with it. I, If it's visually believable, and Jordan Grace is a woman who can make it visually believable. She's bigger than a lot of the guys. She looks stronger than a lot of the guys uh, and tougher than a lot of the guys. So especially at the, you know, the smaller weight divisions. So I think that it can work. To me, Matt, you know, if, if it's the right story, if the psychology is played up well, it, I don't have a problem with it. And I don't really worry about the, you know, the the perception of the the violence against women. Um, if, if it's booked and they're willing to do it, then I'm, I'm fine with it. Yeah, exactly. All right. So the match was Matt Cardona versus Jordan Grace um, you know, for the Digital Media Championship. What did you think, Bob? It's the the first Matt Cardona match I've actually enjoyed. Uh, I'm, I'm not a, I'm you know as anyone knows reads my reports knows I'm not the biggest uh, Matt Cardona fan. I think he was still doing the Zack Ryder character for too long and it wasn't working in Impact. Everywhere else he was working, I loved it. Like I loved the stuff in GCW. Uh, so he started bringing that attitude here and bringing that. 
you know, that sort of persona and personality into Impact. So I, I very much enjoy that. The match I thought was was good. I I wasn't fine with the ending. I thought the ending was a bit contrived, you know, where um, Cardona had the chair, was going to hit her with it. And then I guess by instinct, Jordan gave him a low kick and got disqualified. So I thought the ending was a bit of a cop-out, but I do like uh, that Cardona retained. I find that this new persona and, you know, the digital media championship and holding it, they, they go hand in glove. Yep. Agreed. Agreed. And, 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 it's just like the perfect belt for the guy, and, and it just makes sense. So going back to something that you said earlier, you know, I think Jordan Grace has that China factor where intergender wrestling kind of does work for her. I'm not the biggest intergender wrestling fan for the for many reasons, but I think with someone like Jordan Grace, if the match is booked and laid out properly, it could be a fun match, and that's kind of what we saw with, with, with this match here. Un- up until the end, unfortunately. Yeah. Well, sure. I mean, if you put her in in the ring with someone like W. Morris here or Jonah, I don't think I would enjoy it as much because it's hard to make the psychology work to where it's believable that she has a big chance. I think Cardona is the right type of opponent for her where it makes sense because, you know, other than a little bit of height difference, she looks bigger and tougher than he does. Yeah, that's funny enough. You're you're right. All right. So then the next match probably had some of the biggest implications throughout wrestling. That's the Good Brothers, Doc Gallows and Carl Anderson versus Gorillas of Destiny, Tematonga and Tongaloa for the Impact Tag Titles. This match had a huge swerve that saw Jay White actually turn on Gorillas of Destiny to help Doc Gallows and Carl Anderson win. Uh, yeah, I thought this match was was pretty good. I, I where I took. Take- some issue with was in the refereeing just because you know i'm a stickler for referees should enforce the rules and this match they they kind of let a lot of things go without counting without any enforcement of the rules so that took away some of my enjoyment uh i thought the the ending was was interesting and the swerved you know it's this is the one thing i find with the, the with the bullet club and what I was talking about before and not necessarily integrating it well is they do these things and you mentioned it's could have huge implications in the wrestling world for someone who's not following new japan stuff and the bullet club saga it's just another swerve and i found that this one to me because i don't really necessarily care about all what's going on in in that faction it was a swerve but it didn't mean a whole lot to me, although, like I said, it was interesting and paid off in the finish. Yeah, exactly. And I can see that's kind of the turnoff, right? And this is the issue sometimes with the Forbidden Door. If you have a group, a faction, or, or a storyline from somewhere else coming here in Impact, and people don't know who the players are, and they don't do a good job of explaining what's going on, then, you know, how are they going to capture that, you know, quote-unquote casual fan that might be watching the show for, for the first time? Yeah, it's interesting because with Impact, the audience is so relatively small. I don't know if it's made up of hardcores who, you know, like the AEW fans seem to follow every company, including New Japan, and particularly I'd say New Japan, because that's where a lot of their, you know, the big stars in AEW uh, were from is New Japan ROH, which did a lot of the Bullet Club stuff. I don't know how much, uh, in, how much, the New Japan stuff and Bullet Club stuff resonates with Impact fans. Is the audience too small? Are they hardcores or are they very casual? From what I've seen at some of those crowds, they're very much Impact fans. They are WWE fans. 
I it's been a while since I've been alive, obviously because of the pandemic, I've been in a live impact show, so I can't really gauge if the fans know or care what's going on with the with the bullet club stuff. Yeah, exactly. And I think you said it best. I think impact fans are impact fans. They tend to love impact and have followed impact for a long time. Like I remember going to some shows way back when and you know, talking to some people and they just know the ins and the outs of impact, right? Like they knew the product so well that it's just like, wow, you know, so that might be, that might still be the case, but after the pandemic and now with live crowds, who knows, who knows what that crowd is consists of really. And, And I think they also impact has a high proportion of fans from other countries, right? They're not North American. They're in Asia. They're in the UK in particular. And I'm not sure how much, of that stuff translates in terms of you know are they following all the all the other products or all the other companies yep all right so the next- uh, you know i don't think it, i don't think it was a bad match i i thought like i said i thought the match was, was pretty good other than the referee yeah the next match was mickey james versus tasha steels for the knockouts championship this was fine again the the ending i find you know i wrote in my report is it was a bit busy uh, there was just a lot of things. They had Savannah Evans come in. They had Chelsea Green come in. I thought it was a bit of a cluster near the end. Um, Mickey James retained, and I think they're eventually building to Mickey James versus Chelsea Green, possibly with a Chelsea Green uh, Chelsea Green turning and you know snapping. So you know we'll see how that story plays out. I'm I'm not wild about Mickey James as champion. I think. It was a nice nostalgia pop when she won it, but I think she's overstayed her her title reign. Welcome, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, and and I think you're right about Chelsea Green. They seem to like when they did that state of the women's of the knockouts division. Uh, you know, Chelsea Green was kind of one of the featured people there. You know, I think the overly nice character of Chelsea Green. I think we're kind of leaning towards you know the 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 old character of Chelsea Green, and and I'm kind of hoping that she is the one who dethrones Mickey James. Yeah, it'd be actually be nice to see her and Cardona both in that sort of character, right? The, the, the good people turn bad. And, uh, you know, as a, as a real life couple, it'd be cool to see them play that on, on impact screens as well. Yep. All right. So then the next match was for the impact world championship. We saw Moose versus W Morrissey. Before we talk about this match in particular, I want to talk about W Morrissey. I mentioned this with Jonah. I, I 100% maintained this with Morrissey. And that's the fact that it's amazing how impact is booking him so well, booking him to just look like a monster, to look like a real threat and someone who has been a monster and a threat to everyone in impact in Moose, you know, he's, actually kind of like you know kind of dare i say running scared almost from w morrissey so you know impact has done a great job with w morrissey having said that i know that he didn't really get too much of a chance in wwe before things fell apart but what what do you think of w morrissey and what did you think of this match i've really liked the way that they've positioned him and booked him just as a monster i think he brings a an intensity into his every promo that he does, into the matches that he does, that you never would have guessed that he had it in when he was in WWE. And they really, I think, botched him in WWE when when they split him from Enzo. I didn't give him a chance to show what he can do. And here they've given him the chance, and he's risen to that opportunity. I thought the match 
was really, you know, it was it was very much like a WWE uh, world title match, right? Big hits, just big moves, and I thought it worked. I thought it worked well. I was surprised. I, I was surprised that uh, it. Well, I'm not surprised that Morrissey didn't win, but I thought it would have been even closer of a, a of a win for for Moose that he would have really struggled with the win. Yeah, just to yeah. keep Morrissey looking strong and and you know continue this on, you know potentially continue the feud. Yeah, exactly. It, it it really seemed like a decisive win. Like this is it for W. Morrissey at least for now, right? Like so, yeah. That's the unfortunate part. So I agree with you there. So Moose did end up winning this match, and this leads us into the main event, which was Honor No More: Matt Taven, Mike Bennett, Kenny King, Vincent, and PCO versus Team Impact, which consisted of Rich Swan, Willie Mack, Steve Macklin, Chris Sabin, and Rhino. Yeah, and uh, the Willie Mack, obviously, before or earlier in the show, they'd set up that Eddie Edwards had been sneak attacked, presumably by Honor No More, but he had been laid out in the back, so Team Impact asked Willie Mack to uh, take his place and substitute, which is why he was there. And I thought the match was a lot of fun. I mean, this was, you know, for some people, might have been their first exposure, really, to the Ring of Honor folks or that faction and some of the uh, some of the players involved i thought it was a real fun match and i thought the swerve was done was done well at the end yep exactly and that was the big news of that match exactly so you know we called it on this show eddie edwards does turn on team impact gives honor no more the win so the stipulation was that if honor no more won they can stick around and impact so there you go honor no more sticking around an impact yeah and, and that's the one thing you know i i worry about that because we saw it with well there was a lot of problems with retribution and wwe but once you you know if you're a, a dissident or if you're you know trying to tear down a company and then you come in and now you're part of the company and you're on the contract do you lose that that cool factor do you lose the appeal do you lose what motivates you before you are contracted. Yeah, exactly. That That's for sure something. It's like, now what, right? Like, what now? They've come in. They've done their invasion. They won their match. They're allowed to stay. What's next? As employees of his? Yeah. Oh, exactly. Sorry? No, it's just, yeah, I'm just yeah. saying. Like, sorry, yeah, you cut off for a second there. Uh, can you still be that uh, that edgy as a faction that it that you're doing something different? Exactly. That's the thing, right? Like now they kind of do have to follow the rules. Now they have to listen to management. It's going to get stale very fast if they try to continue doing this quote unquote invasion. So, you know, we'll see. We'll see what goes on with them. And but I do kind of have this fear there. All right. So that was the pay-per-view. Now, funny enough, they have another pay-per-view in just a few days, March 5th, Saturday, March 5th. The night before AEW Revolution, and so far there's only a few matches uh, uh, official. So the X Division title match is going to be Jake something versus Trey Miguel. What are you thinking in your gut? Who who's going to win? I think Trey Miguel retains. Yeah, I, yeah. I can't really give you a reason why. I just think he does. I um, whether or not that means Jake moves down the card or up the card, I'm not sure, but I think Trey wins. Yep. 
All right, the next match that was just recently signed was Jay White versus Alex Shelley, a returning Alex Shelley. Yeah, this would be a good match. I, I think it's it doesn't make a lot of sense in terms of storyline. Again, I'm not sure if Alex Shelley's involved in the Bullet Club stuff or not, or if they have a history that I'm unaware of. It just seems like this is being booked as a spot match for you know, the match itself, as opposed to being part of any storyline. It should be good. I mean, both you know, Alex Shelley is a great performer, and he's shown that you know some people might have most recently seen him in. And he was in Impact for a bit, and in WWE before that, as part of the uh, one of the tournaments. So I think it'll be a good match. I'm not sure storyline wise if it made a lot of sense to do it, but it is what it is. Yep. All right, and the third match that's official as of today is for the Impact Impact Knockouts World Tag Team Titles, and that's the Influence versus the Inspiration. <laughs> yeah, this is the. The match that has they've been uh, trying to have for some time that keeps getting deferred and deferred. Uh, so this is now the time. Um, presumably there'll be no problems. And I think Inspiration will retain. It's too soon for them to drop the titles. And I think they're better as champions that, uh, you know, the, the in-your-face cocky smug champions than as challengers. Yeah. I agree with you 100%. All right, Bob, so um, that's those are the three matches that we have right now. But before I let you go, I kind of want to talk a little more about Impact. And specifically, one question that you know people ask us is about Josh Alexander. Can you give us an update on Josh Alexander, um, you know, where he's been? Um, you know, the, I know that there have been reports, but I think we want to hear it from Bob, the guy in the know, and the guy that reports all things Impact at SlamWrestling.net. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I and I will say this: I, I'm not going to reveal everything just because I've I've been asked to keep quiet on certain things. But as far as I know, Josh is back in Ontario. Um, he's not working in the states. I'm not sure. I don't believe he has a, a working visa. Although I think he's could be in discussions with some companies. I'm not. I'm not saying that I know that. I'm saying I I presume that he is in discussions with companies, and I think he should be. And I think. Any company would be lucky to have him, or it would be smart to to hire him because he's he's one of those guys who certainly in this past year has proven and demonstrated that he can be a star in in North America on TV and internationally. So I, I hope and plus you know Josh just knowing him as a as a person I've known him for about fifteen years or so. He's just he's a good guy that you want to have in your locker room. So I, I wish him nothing but the best. I hope he does end up somewhere and uh, you know do what he does best in front of an audience that appreciates it. Yep. And earlier today, today Thursday, January or February twenty fourth, you had an exclusive for SlamWrestling.net. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah, I'm happy to say that Cody, we broke the story. Cody Deaner who's just going by Diener now as part of the Violent by Design faction. He has renewed his contract with Impact. And again, for people in Ontario who know, uh, Cody's been a veteran in on the Canadian scene, uh, has actually had a stint in TNA wrestling before this, uh, then did you know um, a year there before, many years ago, and re-signed with them in 2018. Uh, and has now re-signed with them um, 
terms aren't specific, but he has renewed this contract and he will be there, I guess, tonight and moving forward for, for some time. And it's good to see. Again, Cody's a, a veteran. He's another guy who's a really a smart guy, strong in the locker room. And I believe now, as part of VBD, is really being given a chance to showcase what he can do outside of the comedy stuff that, you know, the Diener character was was more known for. Yep, agreed. I think he's he's a perfect fit for Impact, and you know it's a uh, it's it's good to see that he's has a place to call home at least for the foreseeable future. Uh, so, Bob, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for talking Impact. We might have to get you back soon to kind of you know give us another state of the Impact uh, uh, or update of the state of the Impact, um, and uh, you know we'll for sure be chatting soon so we can find all of Bob's work at SlamWrestling.net. Thank you so much, Bob. I appreciate you having me on and uh, look forward to the next time. All right. I want to thank Bob once again. Thank you, Bob, for for uh, for appearing on the show. You know, like I say, it's it's always fun chatting with Bob just because there's just, it's just someone who actually watches Impact and has watched Impact for years upon years. And, and you know, so he brings up some great points about Impact in terms of them kind of being, you know, their fans being loyal. You know, and, and, and them kind of getting a bad rep, rightfully so in my opinion, but that's, you know, story for another day. But, uh, yeah, Matt, so, man, it's just uh, another week, another week in, another week out. Yeah, yeah, but, I, you know, I uh, think it was a really good week for wrestling. I mean, oh. Dynamite was indeed Dynamite. Uh, yeah, we got lots coming down the pike, man. I'm excited. Next week, NBA wrap-up, NHL wrap-up, NOAA wrap-up, New Japan wrap-up, Stardom wrap-up. It's the catch-up show. Yeah, it's the catch-up show on the catch-all show featuring Matt and Boris. Until next week, thank you for listening. Goodbye. I, I.